0: Welcome back. This is the Quintessential Mortgage Show. Just time for another podcast. A little more time with me, Robert Miller, Vice President, Quintessential Mortgage. Lots to talk about. Um, Last week or last show, uh, I think I talked a little bit about the changes in the industry and why potentially buying down a rate can be a good move and... It seems only fitting, given the given the tone of the of the industry, where the market is, where rates are, that we talk about probably the most obvious concept, which is refinancing. Um, it's it's it is a refinance boom that has already started. I'm I'm so used to saying that we're going to have a refinance boom because that was really what was anticipated for a while, but. This is not going. We're here already. Um, I do think that there's a a reasonable chance that it gets better. But things are very, very good right now. And it's really opened up the door to the refinance world again, which is amazing. Because let me tell you, it wasn't that long ago that we would have thought that we are not going to see any kind of refinance activity for... For years to come because the reality is that we've lived through this already and we've lived through a very low rate environment for the better part of what six seven years at this point now and we're always saying and it's true and i'm still saying it which is that rates will eventually go up they have to and they have to some degree at certain points over the last four or five years but the reality is that they have still they've always kept at bay where historically they've been very good. And we've had a couple of pockets um, throughout each of the years where the numbers were flirting flirting with historic lows. there's there's no doubt now that we are at historic lows. We, we've beaten any other time. This is the number one time to refinance. Now, Because of the coronavirus um, and the craziness that went on in this country as a result of it, it's made some things a little more difficult. So while yes, hands down, we're in the lowest rate environment we've ever been in, there are certain segments of the market that will have a problem getting a mortgage um, or it might be more costly to get a mortgage. And those things have to do more with, let's say, low credit scores Cash-out loans um, are still disincentivized as compared to pre-COVID. We're expecting a lot of that to go away, and I think it will. But there's still plenty of opportunity right now. But the truth of the matter is that the sweet spot and the, the, the absolute home run is the rate and term refinance the rate and term what does that mean and it's really nothing more than someone who's refinancing for no other reason than to improve their rate or their term or both going from a 30 year to a 15 year fixed or just simply lowering the rate uh, lowering the rate and getting rid of PMI Uh, a number of a number of options and that's the sweet spot right now if you've got good credit and we can do a refinance for you. You're talking about rates, dare I say, with numbers starting with two. And that is absolutely mind-boggling. It, it really is. It's, I say it every day, and it, it is amazing that we're at numbers that are so low. Now, again, it's not every scenario, and some people will be into the low threes, but this is all like play money. This is incredible. So the opportunity's there and everyone has to take advantage of it. But I've said that before and it really does amaze me. I, I don't think it'll ever stop amazing me how I can come across clients who are in a mortgage right now. Let's say they're in a 4.75 or 5% mortgage they've been in since 2004. It It does amaze me that people have avoided the refinance process over the last decade because the opportunities have been there for a very long time and they're unequivocal. I mean, it's it's an absolute no-brainer that the refinance in most cases or a lot of cases is going to be something that saves you money and puts you in a better financial position. So then why don't people refinance? Um, and I know the answer, so I speak to people, and sure, I get a little bit surprised, and I can't believe that they've stayed in a 5% mortgage for so long, but I know the reasons. Um, other than, listen, for one, there's just life gets in the way. Uh, people are busy, they are intimidated, and they just sort of shy away from it, but if that's not who you are, and you have specifically avoided the refinance process, it's probably for one of a couple of reasons. The most common would be either A, cost. It's too expensive. It's not worth all the cost that's involved in a refinance, regardless of what rates are. And B, and sometimes both, this concept of, well, I'd love to have a lower rate. But, I don't want to start all over again at thirty years. Then, what's the point of that and the irony is of both those things is that neither one of those things are legitimate reasons because they're not they're not factual. The cost of a refinance is not terribly expensive. There's a lot of parts that are misunderstood and and I think I've done a show, and we will do other shows about the actual cost and what it looks like when you get disclosures for a mortgage, so I'm not going to dive dive in too deep to that, but yes, there's a lot of parts that are misunderstood as far as costs go. Um, New York, which is our, our bread and butter, is a more expensive state than others, but at the end of the day, um, we're always doing an analysis of whether it's worth it. Or not for someone to refinance and and to be honest listen they can't even refinance unless there is what we call a net tangible benefit so there has to be something that that makes sense on paper but but putting that all aside the costs are not terribly expensive now here is one of the common things that i hear too which is not just cost but knowing about the cost which is a lot of people think that sure, I'd love to go into a low rate. I'd love to save three, four, five hundred dollars every month, but I don't have eight thousand dollars or seven thousand dollars to lay out for closing costs. Even if it's worth it, I don't have the money, and that is is something that I've heard um, a bunch of times. And the reality of that is that that's not true either. For the most part. When someone does a refinance, they do not need a single penny. Nothing. Zero. The, any cost involved in the loan is factored in and financed within the loan for a refinance. Now, can you go another way about it? Sure. But for the most part, that's what most people want to do. By the way, it makes the most financial sense to do that when you factor in the concept of the lower rates, tax deductibility of mortgage interest, it becomes a no-brainer. But bear in mind, you don't need money to refinance. The only out-of-pocket expense on a refinance is the appraisal. And the appraisal cost can vary, but either way, it's not terribly expensive. And I'll tell you what, this refinance boom is something special. And why I say that is because more than ever before we are seeing refinancing getting done without an appraisal. So you get what's called an appraisal waiver. And my goodness, when that happens then there's we're talking about zero out of cost expense. Um you also don't have the worry of an appraisal, will there be an issue with the appraisal? Um will there be a value issue once the home's appraised? Um so we are seeing a lot of appraisal waivers and That's a great thing. So if we take that aggregate and say, okay, cost, it's not terribly expensive and you can only refinance if it's worth it and there is no money that you have to lay out, then we can eliminate the cost aspect and say at least evaluate your refinance option and go over does it make sense or does it it not make sense. The second is this starting over concept and and I have heard it for years and years and and I actually do sometimes enjoy diving into the math and showing my client and I'll send them an email and I will explain the math of a refinance so that they can actually see the difference because the truth of the matter is for one the concept of starting over at 30 years is not true first of all You don't have to, meaning if you're in a 30-year fixed loan and you've been in one for seven years and it will make you more comfortable that if we take the new loan out as a 23-year mortgage, we can do that. We can customize your term to virtually anything you want. You want a a 19-and-a-half-year mortgage? We can do it. Um, we can customize those things and not everyone can do that but we have the ability to do that so that eliminates that concept but more importantly I will often explain to a client whether I think that makes sense or not either because it's not just about how much time is left on your mortgage to dictate what makes sense and what doesn't make sense I in most cases would rather when I when I speak to an average client, and let's say an average client has a three hundred and fifty or four hundred thousand dollar mortgage, we take a look at their profile, and they've got some money in the bank, some savings, uh, maybe ten thousand dollars or so, or in credit card debt, um, but not overall very financially strong. Um, that's a common scenario, and when I see that, that's someone that I will say to you, listen, I think that you should go into a 30-year fixed again, not the 23 and a half year that I said we could do. Now, we can do it, but I don't recommend it. And why? Because I would rather that the person get a lower payment. If you can have a lower payment, and we can put you in a financial position that is healthy, so what what does that mean? To me it means that you can afford to pay your mortgage. You are not accruing any revolving debt. You have an emergency fund of money for incidentals and problems that come up, maybe even as much as 3 or 4 months salary um you are maximizing your contributions towards your retirement and you are maximizing your contributions towards your children's education when all those things together are done i consider then someone is financially healthy and at that point if they want to send extra money into their mortgage enjoy send it away mail it up you can it doesn't matter what term of mortgage you take out when you close a loan it matters how much money you mail in that's really what dictates when a loan is paid off you could pay off a 30-year fixed loan in three years if you mail in the right amount of money um and there is no extra interest or penalties or any of those things that that i hear about or that people sometimes think think we have Um, you could pay it off as soon as you want but the idea, as I said, is if we give you the lower cost, if you take the 30-year fixed instead of the 23-year, and let's say maybe in the 23-year, because we're dropping your rate, we save you $300 a month, $250 a month. But in the 30-year fixed, we're saving you $600 a month or somewhere around there. I would rather you take that savings. And this way we ensure that you're in a healthy position and so that you are not going to accrue new revolving debt so that you are able to continue putting money towards retirement and towards education and towards all those good things and making sure you're financially healthy and then if you are and at any given time you have extra money mail it in who cares and you know what? I can show you exactly what to send in to get that 30-year loan paid off in X number of years. And frankly, you tell me the, the number and I can tell you what to send in. Um, that is also actually why, and I think I've brought this up in the past too, but it's why bi-weekly payments are popular. And a lot of people will get a solicitation in the mail from their mortgage company on what that is. And um, people like what they see there and they like the savings that it can provide. They often don't understand why the savings exist because a lot of times you'll get something in the mail that says, hey, let's pay biweekly. And listen, let's keep it simple. Let's say your mortgage payment is $3,000 a month. They're going to say, well, instead of paying that, pay $1,500 every two weeks. So, the normal person thinks, blah, blah, 15, 15, 3,000. All right, it's costing me the same. And you tell me if I do that, I'm going to save $50,000 in interest over the life of the loan? Yes. But most people don't understand the reason why. And the reason why is super simple. And it really is nothing more than this there are more weeks than months in a year. So, when you do bi weekly payments, you end up making one extra payment a year. That's all it is. So there is no difference between the person who signs up for biweekly and the person who doesn't but decides every December to mail in a double payment. There is no difference. I'd always rather the second scenario, and the reason I would prefer it is because it gives the client the choice then they can decide what to do with their money. Instead of forcing it, and they have to make that mortgage payment. And listen, once you establish your mortgage and you establish the term and the payment and the rate and the note and all the mortgage paperwork that goes along with it, then you are required to make that payment. It's not a choice. But if you're in a 30-year fixed mortgage and your minimum payment or your monthly payment is is $2,000, you don't need permission to send an extra money, and you do it when you want. You do it when you can afford it, and when you're comfortable. And I just think that's a much smarter move, without question. So at the end of the day, what have we really? What have we really gone over? Gone over? We've gone over the cost, which is people's often big concern, and the term of the mortgage, which is another big concern. Those are the lion's share of people who don't refinance other than isolated silliness, which I mean, I don't know what to say, but some people get nervous about the personal information and the sharing of it, and they're afraid that they could potentially get hurt, which, by the way, I want to touch on that because that's something I've heard a lot, and it's it's interesting. Now, often, listen, if someone has a credit event that's not good um, or a problem, then it's it's likely or possible that they won't be able to capitalize at least right now on the refinance market. But what I have heard in the past is that some people, and I look at their mortgage and they have X rate and they are eligible for a refinance and we go over why um, have they not refinanced. And it comes out that they would say they were concerned about, oh, well, I was afraid the bank would deny me because I don't work that second job anymore. So I make less money now. Thinking that if they go through the process and the bank evaluates them and let's say you cannot qualify – worrying that the bank can at that point say well wait a minute you don't qualify for your current mortgage right now we're gonna call the mortgage right now and and you're gonna have to pay it in one lump sum and then people get nervous and that cannot happen cannot cannot not even possible so eliminate that concern your existing mortgage is a is whatever the note says, whatever that term is, it's staying that way. The bank has no right or ability to call that note purely because they have a feeling that you no longer qualify. The only thing that gives any lender the ability to call in a loan is uh, fraud for one of them, if, if someone can establish that fraud was, was perpetrated when taking out the loan or if we're dealing, dealing with some sort of foreclosure proceeding where, where there's a lack of payment. But other than that, your mortgage is safe. And so it is crazy when I see that because I have, I have the clients that I'll speak to and then they'll, they'll kind of come clean and say that, well, yeah, I was afraid that they wouldn't approve me and I didn't want to lose my current mortgage. And, and the irony is, one, that couldn't happen, two, they qualified anyway. They qualified without that second job that they used when they bought the home because maybe we didn't need it to qualify. So because of all that, I don't know how you how you don't take advantage of this market. I can't imagine this not being it. And I don't know how long it's going to be. It, could it be? Listen, this could be a nice six-month ride it could be a one-year ride it really could be Um, it could be more than that slightly Um, or it could be real quick but we are eventually going to get to the point where there is no more refinance option because the the market will change and rates will go back up four percent five percent six percent seven percent I don't think we're going back to the late 70s, and I don't think we're ever going to see 14 or 15%, 18% again. The world has changed, finance has changed. So I don't think that's likely, but we're also not going to see these silly numbers forever. So you must take the opportunity and evaluate your mortgage. Give me a call, which obviously I think. The best option always because I know you'll get the best help and the best service, but it doesn't matter if you have someone that you trust, a particular bank that you trust, you've got to go and evaluate your mortgage. And another key point, which is another thing I hear a lot, and again, all these things are important, it amazes me the number of people who think that because their, let's say their current mortgage is with Chase, how they feel that well if i go back to chase for the refinance the loan will be easier it'll be less paperwork why because they already have my loan they already know me which is the way it's often phrased to me and it couldn't be further from the truth that is not how mortgages work you could be paying chase right now for a mortgage and when you go to apply for a new mortgage you are a new client in the system They don't share the paperwork with the servicing division. They don't go, oh, this is Joe. Joe, Joe pays great. Let's give him a loan. It just doesn't work that way. Mortgages are evaluated at the time you're taking an application. Every lender is evaluating whether or not you paid your existing mortgage, and they're doing that via your credit report. But you still need to provide whatever documentation is needed regardless of what lender you go to. So don't make that poor decision and don't think that you're boxed into going to your existing lender for whatever reason is in your head. You're not. You should, I do believe, shop around um, and at the end of the day, go forward with whomever you have spoken with that you are most comfortable. Because it's still a financial transaction. Your home is your largest asset, hands down. We know that. And so you've got to be comfortable with who you're dealing with. So that's an important part of the decision. Make sure you're comfortable with who you're working with. Make sure that they're trustworthy. Um, Hopefully they were referred to you by someone that you know um, or someone who's had a good experience. So at the end of the day, refinances are hot. We need people to, to really take the opportunity to take a look at them and do them now. It is not always going to be this way. I don't know when it's going to end, but I do know now that the opportunities are unlike anything we've ever seen before, really. Um, and this be- makes, it, it, it makes it almost a crime to not look into it. You are throwing money in the garbage to not do it. And don't be held back by the common cliches and the things that I brought up that we talked about in this show. Because most of them are not true. And again, at the end of the day, you don't have to do any mortgage or refinance, but you should evaluate it. Anyway, that's my two cents on refinancing. Obviously, I'm extremely busy doing those. But the truth of the matter is that now that we're sort of rolling out of the corona world, COVID world, we're seeing the purchase market pick up really strong again too. That was sort of that was sort of being having some pent up demand where people were sort of holding back for a little bit for that few months where the world was insane. And as we head back towards normal, we're seeing the purchase activity get big. So we are busy across the board. That's the reality. And that's why I think people should speak to someone and get started on the process. The mortgage process does take a little bit longer than it used to. Not nearly as long as some places, some of the brick-and-mortar places take 90 days to get you a mortgage. That's silly. But when I say it takes longer, I say, listen, it may take 30 days now instead of uh, loans where we used to do them in 15 days. Right now in this market, it's not likely to happen. Um, But you've got to get started, and everyone, please look into it take that opportunity give me a call shoot me an email with questions and i'll answer you um with you know anything that pops into your mind even if it sounds there is no such thing as a stupid question the only stupid question is the one not asked that's well that's a robism i'm sure someone else said it i hope everyone has a great weekend i think the weather's supposed to be nice um Next week we'll come back with another podcast and I think we're going to touch on credit and go a little more in depth on that because it is an important factor and again has become more important now that they are scrutinizing the credit scores more post-COVID. But until then, enjoy your weekend and don't ever forget Quintessential Mortgage. We have now been ranked in the top 100 brokerages In the United States, Um, we already knew that. I mean, I already knew that. But it's nice to get the accolade because there are thousands, tens of thousands. Um, And we expect to continue to grow and to get even bigger. Until then, keep listening. Give me a call with any questions you have. And we'll see you next week on the the quintessential mortgage podcast. Almost lost those. Almost lost that. Jeez, I got to pronounce my words. Have a good weekend, and I'll see you next week.